What a time to, to be, be alive. alive. <laughs> yes. Rome is in Drake mode right now because he's about to go to the Drake concert. But and I'm also in recovery mode still. Yes. Because like the last pod, I was a little under the weather, a little ill, mm-hmm. and I'm still there. I'm actually on antibiotics now, which are killing my internal system. Mm-hmm. It's jacking me all the way up, but I do this for you. We gonna bring the energy still. Because the rebirth of life and love, something needed to be reborn. I know somebody is on their way to work right now or on their way home or taking a break from the kids who their relationship may not be in the best of place. Mm. He preaching, y'all. And they needed these words today. They needed to know, what do they need to know? Why relationships fail mm. and what they can do about it. Yes, how to overcome insecurities in your relationship. This is just a few of the topics we're going to talk about today. And uh, Reverend over here, Reverend Johnson over here is uh, feeling the spirit because he wants to start preaching. I already feel it. I'm feeling the spirit, but I'm a I'm a I'm a ease into it. It's like <laughs> when you go swimming and the water is cold, you don't just dive. Well, okay, I dive in. I say, hold most on, people, I, I tiptoe in. Most people tiptoe in, so we gonna get there. So, good sister uh, Deaconess, First Lady Johnson, how are you <laughs> feeling today? You know what? I'm feeling okay. This is the third week of being back in the office, back at work. Uh, came back from maternity leave, and life has been lifing. We have been going through a, a serious transition, a, a period of change. We'll dive into that even more, but uh, Rome got laid off over his leave, and so we decided the best thing for our family was for him to stay home and really just take care of Roman and be there in these really important times of his life. I'm in the office, I'm working my nine to five, going in the office two days a week, and it has been a lot. No one prepared me for the transition back to work. When Callie arrived, we were in the hospital for five months, as you guys heard in the last episode on our parenthood journey. I returned from leave four days after she came home from the hospital, and we were in the middle of a pandemic. So I didn't go back to work in a office setting for a full year. So I got to be home and be in my own comfort zone. And now having to leave every morning or the mornings I go in, it has been, it's been a lot. I've had some drives where I'm just like, I don't want to leave. And when I come back and I see my baby smiling, I'm just so thankful. And I get the text messages from Rome, the pictures and the updates. But it's like as much as it's hard for me to go, the, the benefits is I've been able to have some adult time, whereas when for you, Rome, it's been the opposite. <laughs> and on the flip side, for me, it has been one of the hardest transitions ever, only because like this seemed to this transition seemed to happen during one of our busiest months for Cali. Mm-hmm. So we had appointment upon appointment upon therapy upon appointment upon procedure. And doing all of that, still caregiving the night shift, still um, in, in one of my, you know, Saturdays, I usually am able to take it a little easier Saturday and Sunday because Felicia's home. Um, she had a work event on a Saturday. So then I was basically uh, caring for most of that day. And so me and me and Romy went out and got a little lunch with my bro. Mm-hmm. And like 
there's just a lot going on. And I think it would be a little easier if I didn't feel like trash. Like if I actually felt okay, like I'd be able to enjoy it more. Mm -hmm. um, because truly I have a I have a routine and a system down. It's like once Roman is down for his early afternoon nap, that typically would be the time where I would go hang out with Callie because Callie is awake and running around and, and you know, doing Callie things. But I've been so sick and tired to where, like, Roman has to stay in the bed with me and I'm not being able to engage with Callie as much and just been living in the bed lately. And so these things, along with this type of transition, is why and how and one of the reasons where you and your spouse or you and your partner start to have a little bit of a disconnect on things yes. because your two worlds that are, you know, constructed together under this roof are now, you know, starting to veer apart. And, you know, what tends to happen once it's veering apart is you just keep going this way, especially yeah. if you don't fully understand that in the moment what's happening. Because right. there's going to come a point where it becomes too difficult to to even go back. Like you're almost, you almost made your bed. To give an example, to give a personal example, you know, we kind of teased this before, but when Roman was born, we had our worst period we've ever had yeah. as a couple. And that's dating 12 years, married for seven sustaining long distance relationship like we had our absolute worst years mm -hmm. because our lives were different yeah and you add this you know amazing little boy who who needs his mom and one of the most interesting quotes i always think about was um one of my friends shout out to luis he said when you have more than one kid and essentially a second kid you're always playing defense and I feel like with Callie, even though we both had to care give, we both were able to relieve that other person so that other person can get their time to rest with, with two kids. <laughs> that little boy need his mama. The little girl need her daddy. But then the little boy got to be kept by his daddy. And the little girl misses her mama. So we're us all, you know, intermixing this whole parenthood relationship marriage journey yeah. and it just gets you complacent because you get so focused on them and their needs and you completely ignore your own needs and your partner's needs no i agree that was tough i feel like for us you add in like a little bit of postpartum depression and for me i had no i couldn't go back and think about like how things are with cali and have an idea of second time around it's gonna be similar I felt like a new parent, a new mom. And so I had the frustrations of why don't I know what to do? Why doesn't this feel innate of like, he needs this. And breastfeeding was tough. A newborn was tough. With Callie, she's in the hospital. So her nurses cared for her. We gave her the emotional support, but we weren't able to be like dive into all of the needs that she had. Roman came into this world and I did not realize how attached to me he was going to be how tough those like that first month of sleep would be because at this time Callie also had like three open nights so you're in Callie's room at night 
I'm in our room with Roman and then day hits and then he needs me again and breastfeeding. And so we had to introduce that bottle, but there was frustrations on both of our ends of you're not seeing what I'm going through. And I feel like, I'm like, well, I have it the worst. And you're like, no, well, I, I got health. chronic illness. Like exactly. I'm not even built to do this life. And but. so I'm like, but you, you don't see me. We weren't seeing each other. And instead of sitting down and talking about it, I think we were just taking a lot of like little jabs at each other. And then it just got, it just boiled over. the Cascaded. Top. It did to a breaking point where I'm like, what is wrong? Why are you taking these digs at me? Why are you mad at me? And you're like, I'm not mad. And it's like, but something's going on. And we had to just sit and peel back some layers and realize that it, it, it was rooted in him not feeling supported and what he was going through health-wise and me not feeling supported as a, a new second-time mom and feeling like, okay, well, I can't breastfeed him. You know, I can change his diaper here and there in the morning and do these things, but that's about it. Yeah, I'm and like... you were able... Well, really quick, but you yeah. also were able... This was so hard for me. You were able to get up and go out. And you were hanging out with friends. You were meeting up with friends because it was... It was a chance for you to just have some you time. And I wanted you to have that, but I was also resenting you because you had that. And then back context with that, because like, again, like we mentioned on previous uh, episodes where Felicia would go do something and I would stay home. And so like, I didn't do a lot, which was why I was like this interesting time of Mm -hmm. like, now I have time because this little boy doesn't actually require a lot of my attention, so I thought. And so what, in turn, I was doing was I was going to lunch with friends. I was like, I wasn't, you know, like out at the club or anything by any means. But if I wanted to go to the mall, I can go. If I wanted to go meet up with a friend, go have lunch, I could go. And I was almost trying to like make up for all of that time that I wasn't able to because I was so ill and so sick and just couldn't get out of bed. And so where, you know, we're out here today. And I think like the, the learning lesson, you know, and the first thing of why marriages fail or why relationships fail is couples don't have the common understanding. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, like everything Felicia just said, our common understanding is, Hey, you don't feel well. Hey, you are tied to this little boy because he needs to, to eat from you. He needs your nutrients from you. What I should have done in that situation was said, what can I do to make you feel more supported? Mm-hmm. Which in order to get there, because I did end up doing that, but um, we had our first, and yes, this is like crazy that we're saying it, we had our first kind of couples therapy session. Yeah. And that session was more of like a, we were both at our breaking point one day, like Felicia was, again, going through postpartum. And I like, you know, quick sidebar, I've never truly felt supported with my chronic illness because most people don't know how it feels to live with it. So... There are things that, you know, just innately that no one even thinks about doing to make life easier for me. So things are always hard. And so I got to the point where I was just like, and it was wrong. It was wrong delivery 
But in a way, I still stand on the fact that like, hey, you know, we have these double standards. Women going through postpartum can have a tough time. And everyone says like, oh, you know, do whatever, do whatever she needs because she's carrying a whole human. Mm -hmm. Great. I understand that. But on my flip side is I have this disease inside of me that I can't control that doesn't go away in nine months that I can't just pull away and one day my body's going to recover. And so I'm having to go through all of this journey by myself because I personally felt that, you know, I, I personally felt that Felicia at the time didn't do enough work to understand what I was going through. And so we had this instant clash. Yeah. We weren't seeing each other. And no. Or hearing. Seeing or hearing. And yeah, that's the issue. That was. And I feel like a lot of other relationships allow that to continue to build up. And there's no, I need to communicate with my partner. And so for us, once we hit that point where for me too, like my emotions were so raw and I was just taking everything so personal and I was just like, I don't know why. And I'm like, I just had a baby. I have all, all of these like hormones just floating through me right now. And I just, I can't control them. And so I'm trying to remember what our breaking point is. I know I cried and I know you were like, wait, what? Like what's going on right now? And I just had to sit down with you. And I feel like we both had to come from a point of, I want to hear the other person out rather than I want to be right. Yeah. You know, because if you want to be right and it's an argument, then that's where you fail. But for us, it was, you are in a place that I haven't seen you in and you don't feel supported from me. And to hear you say that too, it was just like, wait, I never want you to feel alone in this relationship. We both came into that conversation wanting resolution. We wanted to know what the problem was and how we could fix it. And when you have two people dedicated to the other individual and the care is there, the passion is there, the love is there, I feel like that is what helped and it saved us because every time we go through this turmoil or a season of immense change, we're both looking at the other person like wow like I don't ever I just don't want you to feel alone I didn't want that hurt me knowing that you felt like I wasn't giving my all to support you that was well that was the breaking point the breaking point was was you feeling like you couldn't well yeah I, I think it still took a minute to get there because I think the first breaking point was like you felt that you could do no right yeah. And that was like the, the crushing part because it was part of you probably like once you felt that, you're like, I I can't, I gave all that I can give. Mm -hmm. I don't know what else I can give. And then once we had the common understanding, it's just like, okay, what can I do? Mm -hmm. And I know at first, like, because you asked me a, a ton of times, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And it's always hard because this is something I'm navigating myself. And I can't always tell you what to do because I don't even know. So a lot of times I'm like, I don't know. And yeah, where does that leave us so when tough. I'm like, I don't know. It, it just, it leaves us in the same exact, same exact place. Um, and, you know, this is where I think another thing of why relationships fail is the expectation of you needing to do what I do. 
mm. and vice versa. Like I, I held you to an unfair standard because regardless, like you're not me, you'll never be me. You'll never go through what I had to go through and same and vice versa, N- yeah. never, ever. But what I was expecting Actually, you, you to do was figure it out, huh? Men can have babies. Men now. can have babies now, <laughs> but I was expecting you to, to figure, figure it, it out. out. Yeah. And, and you needed more direction to figure it out. And that's when it's like, okay, let me get over my stuff and let's actually work towards the solution. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think now I have a better understanding. I mean, I've always felt like I had a pretty good understanding of you um, and just how you are and all that stuff like that. But then it's like the the willingness to, like you said, understand this is not about right or wrong. This is about making something about last. Yes. You got to leave the ego at the door. The moment you come in. Don't even leave the ego at the door. Just ship it somewhere else. You don't want to see it. Don't even bring it into the relationship. Yeah, because if you leave it at the door, that means you can always go out the door and go back and get it. Yeah, bring it back in? Nah, don't bring that ego in here. And you guys are getting the real, the raw, because I almost feel like there's like another therapy session we're having right here in front of you. Um, But. Real quick. That's why we wanted to bring this. Because again, like not everything has been great. Like we want to keep. The vulnerability we want to tell these stories because we know there's somebody listening that needs this people exactly there really is and i feel like we in that conversation we learned a little bit more about communication style because you would think after 12 years we would know exactly how to communicate with each other but we continue to evolve we continue to change in certain ways rebirth but, rebirth rebirth <laughs> but one thing that has been consistent is you don't like asking for help and i'm the baby of my family. And I feel like I'm comfortable with asking for help. You know, my dad is someone, if you don't speak up and ask, then you might not give it, get it. And so for you, I feel like that wasn't what you preach and that's not how you live. And so you're a, I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna do it myself. And so because that's you, you put that on me as well. We should, should figure it out. We should, should go know how to get this done instead of, I was waiting for you to say, Hey, I could use your help in this. And so I had to start to open my eyes a little bit more and be more aware of your needs because I have been so hyper-focused on Callie, on Roman. Again, we were losing each other. And so you actually recommended us doing therapy. You had your own therapist and you said, I need you to hop on this call because I need her to hear your perspective yep. because, which I appreciated because you could have easily said, I'm going to go talk to her. And I could have flamed she, her, but I didn't. Yeah. And <laughs> You said what? I said I could have flamed you, but oh. I didn't. Yeah, or framed it in a way that supported you and made you look good. But you're like, no, no, I need you to hear how she's feeling. Yep. And so it felt like a safe space because I was a little nervous of, this is your therapist. She's here to support you. And she heard me out. And it was just a really good to have that third person to be able to talk to. Yeah, I feel like mediator, we've had... Just the objective mediator. Yeah, and I feel like we've had some of our biggest breakthroughs when we've had that third person. For instance, Rome's cousin was in town like a year ago and we got into a little debate and he was so great to be able to say, okay, Felicia, what I'm hearing from you is this. Rome, what I'm hearing from you is this. Can you see the other person's perspective? And, it, and to be able to have that third party was like, oh... Okay, you calling me out, you calling him out. It was needed. And I feel like we, after that, every time we had a conversation or some kind of debate, it was, let me let me step back. Let me think of this from your perspective. And that's helped me. But also I've been trying to be better about 
not responding and reacting so fast, but sitting with something, thinking it through and being thoughtful in my response because I know your triggers. And sometimes when I'm just react, react with a lot of emotion, he's like, you're not hearing me. It, you well, didn't take time. It, it's, and mostly she doesn't hear me because Felicia is one of those that like, she hears that one buzzword Ooh. and she goes with the buzzword and it doesn't matter what else was said on either side of the buzzword. It's the buzzword. Like if it's I, if I said like, oh, something weave was dope, you know, all she would hear was weave be like, oh, you talking about my weave? Oh, it's, this was laid good. Oh, these tracks is in like, like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was actually not even talking about you for one. So like, that's kind of how we had to be rung back in and I have to be like, so when you're ready to like actually listen to what I'm saying, let me know so I can tell you and break it down. But, mm -hmm. but truly we, I, fellas, listen, fellas, you want to make stuff work, take, I don't want to say take your ego out the door because I don't like that. But if you want to make stuff work, you literally, you know, if you can, if you have that third person, you can go to that mediator, you can go to one who's not friends with either of you because we tried the friend route and all them friends that she brought in aren't here anymore. And so, you know, I kind of said that. Bah, 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 bah. Uh, but all the friends that I, I know, but <laughs> plural and stuff, plural, it's not. It's not, all. it's one, but still. Uh, get that third person and just talk to them. Like, think about it like the sports metaphor, how you got the coach who is going to tell you everything that you're doing wrong, but it's out of like, they want you to be better. Mm -hmm. And so the reason why I had Felicia go talk to my therapist is because I literally told my therapist verbatim, I said, I want her to tell you what she told me. So you and I can develop a plan to address mm -hmm. that. But it, right there is the key is the fact that you were willing to change and to better yourself for us. And instead of being stubborn and stuck in your ways and saying, nah, I'm good, it's her. And the moment you start to put the blame on the other person, and that's when things really start to, you start hearing the, the D word, the divorce word, because- Call it D word. <laughs> I was like, what is- What is the D word? Yeah. Divorce. But when you said that, when you're like, I want you to come to therapy because I want to be better for you, be better for us- I felt that and I, it made me feel safe. It made me be ready. But I feel like so many people stray away from therapy because they feel therapy is the last, what's the word I'm looking well, for? Well, there's a stigma behind it and I understand, I get it. But last the interesting resort. part is that the black community has therapy really sounded like you got to be crazy to go to therapy. And it's just like really blame our parents and our grandparents for putting that narrative out there because... They're the ones who took that and ran with it. Mm -hmm. But we have an opportunity to like nip that in the bud and and go. Like everybody should go. Like yeah. I don't care if you don't think you have anything to go about. Nah, you should definitely have someone to go talk to because it's really, really helped. Exactly. And so therapy is always the last resort. Like, oh, we're talking about divorce and now we need to go see a therapist to fix things. Therapy is good in the beginning to be able to help you as you evolve as a person, to be able to help you as you go through some arguments and chapters in life that aren't as easy as others have been. And so I feel like if you are, you said about being on the defense, if you're on offense, you get therapy because you're proactive in knowing that there's going to be some bumps, but therapy's going to help me get the tools to be able to get through them and navigate 
any kind of bumps that we have in the road. But when I think about like why relationships are really failing today, I always feel like there's a lack of work on the beginning side of the foundation. I think there's a lot of relationships that have this idea that marriage is, is amazing. It is, but it's perfect. And that they get into it looking for a checklist. I want a life where this man can afford me, allow me to do lavish things, takes trips, or I'm looking for a man that has this type of, he's a doctor, or he looks this way. These checklists don't really dig deep into who the person is. And can that person be your friend? Can that person make you feel safe? Do they bring the best out of you? Do they want the best for you? When you start looking at values and characteristics that are so deeper than surface level, then it allows you to put the work in. So I feel like so many relationships don't have that strong foundation and they speed through all the stages. Whereas you talk about our stages, we really took the time to get to know each other, to, to date, to live together, to be engaged. Like we, I had so many people like, oh, when's he going to put a ring on it after year two. And I'm like, we're not ready. There's things that we want to accomplish first. And by slowing things down and working on each other and working on me as an individual, I wasn't ready to be married at 25, 26. Like I need to be a good 29, 30 to be ready to be in this relationship in a forever relationship. And so when you speed past all those early chapters and hop right in, then (laughs) they fail. Like she said, let's get to it. I've been sitting on this too long. Pause. Now, the reason why relationships fail is a few reasons. For you. So for I, me. Said my, I said my reasons. But it's really, I mean, you kind of said, you actually kind of stole my whole rollout, but that's okay. I'm going to just repeat it. The postable relationships. The reason why relationships fail is because everybody's looking for a postable relationship Mm. nowadays. They're six feet, have a beard, have abs, have make a hundred K or something. There's like all these prerequisites Mm. that are like predetermined, has nothing to do with emotional connection anymore. A lot of relationships start with the cheeks. I mean, that's where they start. And they they (laughs) just have sex. Okay. Or the cheeks. (laughs) It starts there and then that's like the first point and then the relationship is kind of generated after but right away and again do what the hell you want I don't care what you do but I'm just saying like a lot of the time taking that jump first that's what your relationship essentially becomes about Mm. so then it's like well the dating aspect you know, you see on movies, you see in other conversations, like why this person, you know, or like men don't like to date or take women on dates anymore, like was a was a thread going around. And it's kind of like, well, if the cheeks were already given up, you know, there's no reason to go on a date now mm. because you can just keep going back for what men want. Like, I think there's just a disconnect mm. in all of that. Now, I'm not going to say... You know, because that list was very um, woman heavy. I'm not going to say, well, no, I will say men also have their list, too. Mm-hmm. They have to be thick. They have to be, have low body count. They have to be there's just certain things all mm-hmm. the time. And the whole thread was essentially just like 
all of the nice guys that you used to see, like, I don't want to use the, the, the Russell Wilson type, but again, that's the kind of like language they were using. You know, like the good guy, Russell Wilson, Rome Johnson types are finishing last (laughs) because because they want, you know, this postable relationship. They want to they want to post being in Tulum with their guy with a beard and abs and all that stuff like that. Like it's it's looks, but like it's it's the vacations. Yeah, postable to be able to share on social media and show how amazing your relationship is. Exactly. It's that it doesn't have any there's no issues with it like behind closed doors everything looks perfect and that's how we present on instagram and social media is this we are doing all of the dances we are going all he's flying me out everywhere and i think you see that a lot from like celebrities you know there's these relationship goals that people have sierra and russell definitely are one Everyone There's is a lot of goals. Gabby and D Wade were goals. Mm-hmm. Hov and Beyonce were goals. Like, and all of them have had their own issues. <laughs> they've all had their own issues, but I mean, you know, that's here nor there. Realistically, I think the way your relationship is built, rooted, mm-hmm. I feel like has a lot to do with how it is in the future. Mm. Now, I won't. This is a little closer to home, um, but let's hypothetically speaking, again, like I said, relationship starts with the physical over the mental. Now there's a child involved, and now because there's a child involved, there's you know pressure to have to be together and stay together, mm-hmm. and then you know that doesn't work because the relationship wasn't rooted you know that way, and now. You know, it's just messy for everyone. And then trauma is passed down. And now, you know, you have the the child who was, you know, born out of that circumstance is now, you know, that's how they learned about relationships. They learned the toxic ways. And then it just cycled. And it's like, oh, I don't want that, but I want this. And I do remember, you know, again, early on when we're dating, like, just overall, generally, like, everything was about... You want the bad chick. Like, that's that's just what it was. It, it's mm-hmm. everything to brag about. It wasn't so much to post on social media, but it was to brag about. And it's just like, I feel like so many people fall short and so many people actually overlook someone who they already have that emotional connection with yeah. over this other person. You know, I don't want to keep cooking, but I have a lot of women friends who mess with athletes because they for some odd reason they, think they the athlete the is going to leave their woman in their their life to be with them and it never happens. I think it all it stems down to the life they want and the life they want is the maybe postable. Look, it's well it's luxurious, it's yeah. trips, it Bags. and it's not everybody, but maybe yeah, those are the things they want. And Instead of looking within and how can I get that for myself, I see. I think you're seeing way more boss women out there, and so you're seeing a lot of men that they want some sugar mamas out there. But back in the day, it <laughs> there was a sense of the sugar daddies and wanting a man who can give you all those things in life. And I thought like us as women are, are we're coming back and we're taking what's ours and we're God doing what damn. we need to achieve all those things for ourselves. You're seeing a lot more women be single and be fine with being single. And say, I don't need another man, a a man or a person. Or a woman. Or a woman 
to give me anything in life that I can't get for myself. Dang, what you guys coming back to take? What's ours? What's yours? All of it. The okay. bags, the trips, okay. the life we want. You know, I don't need to go find me a doctor. I can be the doctor. I'm the doctor, actually. I'm daddy <laughs> caregiver. Hello. In your mind, again, we kind of talked about mm-hmm. this, but to sum it up, um, how should relationships be? Like, outside of, you know, communication. Like, what what are other things, from in your opinion, that other people's can do to ensure that they have this successful relationship? I feel like understanding that it's a partnership and really loving the person who is next to you and caring about them in a way that you want the best for them. And when you understand who they are and what their needs are, you can show up the way that they need you. And I feel like there's so many relationships that don't look at their partner as someone that they can pour into. I feel like we have both taken the time to know that there will be moments where it is your time to shine and I want you to shine and I need to stand back and and clap for you, be your cheerleader. And there are moments where it is my time. And I feel like it's been, it's my time right now. Uh Like I am in a, a role right now and I am trying to make moves on the work side and I'm trying to do speaking engagements. I'm trying to be this amazing mom, amazing wife. And you're giving me the grace to know, like, okay, get out there, get your bag, you know, build your brand. And the fact that you're allowing me to have my season, it, it feels good because I do know that your season will come too. And and sometimes our seasons are happening at the same time, but when you have kids too, yeah, it doesn't always happen like that. Well, and again, like you're shining for today and I'm shining for tomorrow. And that's where, like, like I said up top, the common understanding mm-hmm. where where you want to go, where you want to build, how you want to build it, yeah. and so yeah, this is your season to to do what you got to do. Like you had, you came home and you're like, oh, I'm I'm gonna have to cook today, and then what happened? You he came home cooking. and you had my baby had prepped. He had prepped the whole week of food. I was not expecting that, and I was like, oh, I needed that because I, I was I tired. Gave her, I gave her a break because usually. You know, another thing with feedback she gave me, and I'm sorry to cut you off, get back to your point in one second. Another piece of feedback she gave me, and I understand too, because when she comes in the house, I'm just like, here, take this little boy. Cause like, <laughs> I've been with him all day. It's been a lot on me. And so like, recently I've been like, putting myself in that position. Like, would I want her to give me him or Callie as soon as I got home and no. And so all of this week, if you notice, I've been like, doing everything as I typically would and just having you take over a little bit later after mm-hmm. you've been able to to settle down. Well, that meant it was the little things. That, like, you heard me out, and that meant a lot for me. But then, like you said, how should relationships be? It should be a partnership. And when you cooked, what did I do? I was like, all right, you've done enough. Like, go sit down. I'm going to clean these dishes. She was cleaning anyway. She I, just didn't know it. She didn't even know it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to clean these dishes. I'm going to put everything away. Because when I do come home, I need to feed Roman and I need to just have a minute to just like, because I've been in traffic for an hour just to sit for a second and then get into like the family dynamic. But knowing that you heard me meant a lot to me and that you made that change. And I feel like there's not one way it should be. I just think people should understand they're not perfect. I think you're right. There's not one way they should be, but there's no, they should all 
be trending towards success. Mm-hmm. Because if they're not, why are you even in it? Like, what's the what's the point of being in a relationship? Success, success it, that's really what, that's a good question. But it's really set by you and the individual. Like, what does the individual see as successful for their relationship? Mm. Like ours, for example, I think success in our relationship is to be able to make this, you go to work, I stay at home, but me still bring in money um, for the future, me still taking care of the house, mm. but me still, you know, again, I say planning for the future, but that's because there's some investments that that I already do that we're trying to diversify our portfolio yeah. and continue to do. And so our goals are both, you know, emotional, they're financial, they're just genuine, genuine happiness. Cause mm-hmm. I am not, I think I can admit, I'm not the, the happiest person, but I have to deal with a lot and manage a lot inside mm-hmm. of me. Like I, I have an extreme hormonal imbalance. And so I try to stay neutral as opposed yeah. to up and down. Otherwise it gets, two up and two down just at the drop of a dime. And so, yeah, like, and just continue to pour into the kids. I think our relationship, you know, is built around our kids because the one thing we could, you and I can both admit is that like everything we do is for them. Right. Well, you said success and I feel like success is what you make of it. And it's also what you plan for. And so we sit down and our success looks different than others because we have one year goal, three year goal, five year goals. And we kind of bucket them into what are the goals we have for each other? So what's my goal? What's Rome's goal? What's the family? What's Callie's goal? And so what's the house goal? And by able by us being able to communicate that and know like, are we moving towards that is key because right now we have our goals for Callie and we want her to be able to talk. We want her to eat by mouth. And so we're every week, if there's times where things are just really tough is what am I doing that week? That's pouring into that goal. So she had a lot of appointments last week and they were all around getting her to eat by mouth, helping with her GI system. So it's like, yes, we're tired. We're fatigued, but we just got one step closer to that goal. So it was worth it. And so, yes, but I feel like so many couples might not talk about their goals. And so success looks different because Success might just be like, I can tolerate this man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like people get content and I feel like we are far from content. I want to be happy. I want to come home and enjoy the person I'm with and love and look at you and be like, I, I genuinely like being around you. And I don't think you can, everyone can say that. No, everyone can't say that. About their person, not about you. Yeah, I mean, people like being around me more than I like being around people. (laughs) Very true. I actually do think you're 100% correct. Everybody should talk. Everybody should set goals. One of the dopest things I see, you know, again, this is all social media stuff that is, like, allowing me to, like, impact my life. So Mm -hmm. it's dope. Um, But what they said was this couple has, like, a couple meeting every Sunday. Mm -hmm. You know, again, you talk about goals. You talk about feelings, all that stuff like that. And we we did that at one point. We incorporated that and, you know, we didn't continue. But I feel like it's always an ongoing conversation because, you know, again, we are our eyes on the prize from the standpoint that we know how to get there. But I don't remember this creator's name, but she created a viral video. Mm -hmm. that talked about being unhappily married. Mm 
Mm, Now, the reason why this is relevant, again, is because you said success to some people could just be to be content. Yeah. And that messed me up for a minute because I'm like, dang. I'm like, it's true because some, I want to be sensitive to the fact that there are some relationships you know, abusive or whatever, it's it's very difficult to get out of. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, you know, just being in that content stage is, you know, success in their mind. Mm-hmm. But the aspect of being unhappily married Ooh. got me because I was like, well, how would that work? And then I was like, oh, my God, I get what sis was saying now. What's she saying? So to, she essentially said, to paraphrase, to be unhappily married mm-hmm. is to still be married even in times of like turmoil. And what I mean by that, to break that down even more. So like, for example, we have a fight, we have an argument. Neither one of us is just going to go out there and like cheat because we're mad. Gotcha. And so she was saying you have to learn because marriage brings a lot of hurdles, a lot of turmoil. And shoot, we were that first few months of Roman's life, we were unhappily married. Yeah. And so we that's why it got. But we didn't give up on each other. No. Well, clearly, we're <laughs> right, here doing we're here. the rebirth, 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 rebirth. But it's but. also. No- Girl, tell your daddy. Oops, mama, sorry. But it's also knowing that unhappily married seasons will come into your relationship. Right. And that you will get through it, but you have to get through it because neither one of us are quitters. Neither one of us are like, Ooh, times get hard. We're done. We're both fighters. And I feel like because we have two people who are fighters in everything in their life, we're going to fight for each other at all times. Right. You know, and again, you fight for what you believe in, Mm -hmm. what you think you deserve. And that's all we want people i said it last few episodes if it's worth it to you make it work yeah you like you don't have to give up but so what was she talking about she was just saying that you have she was she was saying that like being unhappily married is something that she had to learn to do because again there's all this uh all these things that happened in marriage and it got me instantly thinking about the the going the bad mad conversation Mm -hmm. and i know People say that stuff. I don't I don't believe it because I know people have gone to bed pissed off and just like tucked it and didn't say anything about it. I'm completely fine going to bed being pissed off because I'm just uh-huh. like, if I'm if I'm tired, this is not happening right now. I'm going to sleep because again, my my priorities change and the priority of sleep and what I need physically and mentally is gonna um overshadow that argument we were having Y'all not and me. so that's, that's why there's been some nights where we up at 2 a.m because i'm the person that roams like about to hit the bed hit the his head hits the pillow and i'm like actually let's talk about this and he can't stand it we've got this I, rule like no deep conversations after 10 yeah no but F- I, felicia the type to like <laughs> she, i swear she waits till like i'm about to to like actually lay down like i got my eye mask on and she waits home oh can i can i just tell you this one more thing it is and never, I'm just like, sis. It's never short, y'all. It's a long. Because I'm a night owl, and I just feel like my mind gets, it just clicks at night for me. But I cannot go to bed mad because it's just, I'm not going to actually go to bed. It's going to be on my mind. I'm an overthinker. So if we get in an argument, and it feels like it's not totally resolved, and I am like holding on to that one thing you said, I'm like, 
we got to talk about this. So when you said this, what did you actually mean? And we've had some deep conversation like late into the night because of that, because I just know I'm not going to be able to fall asleep. That That's just us and that's just me. But it's like, how do you find that balance when you have one person that's like, I'm over this conversation. The other person that's like, I need to know more. <laughs> I'm trying to find the video right now. So it'll oh. make, make the most sense. Here we go. One day I was, I feel like I was in DC and this guy hit on me, right? So um, he came up to me. He was like, hey, what's up? You married? I'm going to try to talk like a DC guy. Well, no, I'm not because they sound crazy. Um, no offense to all my DC fam. But um, he said, hey, you married? And I was like, yes. And he said, you happy? He said it like that. Like he was like a drop the mic. He was like, you happy? And I was like, no. And, <laughs> and the reason why I said no was because one, I'm brutally honest. And two, I was not happy at the time. But what does me being unhappy have to do with whether or not you have a shot? Mm. Here's the thing I realized. A lot of married people don't know how to be unhappily married and still not walk away. If you could learn how to be unhappy for a minute, your marriage will last. Because the goal in marriage is not happiness. The goal is to build a lasting relationship that withstands um, the, uh, the ebbs and flows of marriage, of relationships, of people. And so some of y'all need to learn how to be unhappily married and still be content and still stay right where you are. Just because I might not be happy right now does not mean I won't get happy later. Boom. Oh, I so love again. how she ended that. Just because I'm not happy right now doesn't mean I won't get happy later. Yes. I will weather the storm. Weather and the storm, storm will come. And understand that the storms will come and I will get through them. We will get through them. We will get through them. And I want to give this creator her just do because this video she has so many people mad at this mm. like they was mad her name is underscore so at underscore erica berry underscore e-r-i-c-a-b-e-r-r-y underscore well they were so, probably yeah. mad because they're like they said happiness is the root like is that what success looks like for them is happiness but maybe success is not happiness for all people it, which is not so i i kind of um I still stand in it because from, you know, happiness is so subjective to where mm -hmm. happiness could be financial happiness. It could be long lasting relationship. Because, again, could I and I'll speak for myself for a second. Can I be in a long relationship unhappy and just content? No, mm -hmm. there's, you know, I mean, like if it lasts too long, there's got to be a point to where you're just like, all right, bro, you got to figure this out. But um, but no, like I she hit it on the head. Everybody should learn to do that like you don't have to go SOS run to another dude or another woman or anything because you're having marital issues like seasons seasons happen in marriage they That's do just it. I'll leave it at that we're gonna leave it at that y'all we're gonna wrap it up because we can get into this topic even more but when we come back because we didn't even tell you this is episode seven <laughs> but when we come back for episode eight we're gonna talk a little bit more about insecurities and in relationships healthy relationships what toxic relationships look like and we gonna continue to and be we gonna real. talk about should your spouse have a curfew when they go out wait what yeah should your spouse have a curfew when they go out oh because you're about to go out so should i put a curfew on you no my stance is you're gonna have to wait and see <laughs> All right, y'all, come back. If you guys don't, if you're listening to us on Apple, on Spotify, well, then you should know that you can also be watching us on YouTube 
at the rebirth of life in love um, rll podcast on instagram so follow us subscribe watch listen and you know what can you share this with a friend we would appreciate it so much yes if there's any friend that's going through it that needs Revan rome's advice send it to him and sister johnson send it to him and leave us a comment what you think and what you want to hear we're always open for topics because i'm happy to to discuss yeah so but i also want to say i want to know what success looks like for your relationship that's the comment i want that is exactly what i want to know too bye guys all right y'all